What is up, guys? My name is Nick Telby, and this is the Thunder Six Podcast. Happy New Year to y'all. Um, I know it's January 2nd, but this is my first episode of the year, and now here is your host, Ben Kreider. Thank you very much, Nick. He is back, and he wanted to do the intro for the new year. It is what it is. I got to do one on January 1st. Might as well let him give it a crack at it once again. But yeah, in today's episode, we are going to be going over the Thunder's New Year's resolutions, pretty much just what we want to see from the team entering this new season, and giving you guys a game preview of the Thunder Magic game. So let's just get right into it. In our New Year's resolutions for the Thunder, Nick and I were talking about this probably I'd say like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, dude, we were talking about this for a long yeah, time. So, just trying to figure out like what we can do better to become better as a basketball team collectively. Yeah, we want to become better as a unit. So we came up with five different things that we came up with. You just want to go down the list one by one. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with number one. Um, number one, we need a, uh, we need major jumps from returning players like SGA, uh, Baisley, and Dort. Um, they need to shoot the three more. I mean, we just, I mean, I know they're most those guys are all young. It's just now they're the 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 veterans, quote unquote, um, of the team, and that makes them a little bit more special. And they need to kind of just I mean shoot the ball a little bit more. Uh, SGA's had a little bit of a struggle bus uh, with free throws and stuff. Struggle bus, <laughs> struggle bus. But I think that's an easy thing to break out of uh, for a good player like him. Basley needs to shoot a little bit better, and Lugan has t- Lugan door. I'm proud of what he's doing. Uh, so it's <laughs> It's great to see that he is connecting on all cylinders. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better, Nick. I just kind of want to add on to this. I mean, starting with SGA, he's been really, really solid as a playmaker these first four games. Uh, I don't know exactly what the season numbers are for him on assists, but I can tell you what. It's been a lot higher than that five-assist average that we were kind of coming up with entering the season. With shooting, I mean, in his first three games, I think he might have cracked 20 points in all of them. Fourth game, um, really forgettable from him. He didn't even crack double digits. He only had like eight points or something. So we don't want to see that from him again. But I've liked what I've seen from him in terms of shot creating. We just want to make sure he's able to stay consistent and be that kind of one guy that we're looking for him to be. And with Darius Baisley, look, in this sophomore campaign, we're expecting a lot from him. I mean, Nick was projecting like MVP numbers, super duper high numbers when we first started talking about him. I was kind of telling him that he, he's kind of stupid for thinking that. But you know what? Maybe he might be ahead of the ball. In his first, I'd say his first game, he was really, really solid. He had 15 and 10 for us. Right now, he's a little bit inconsistent from three and just everywhere. I think Nick kind of hit it on the nose there. Brazley needs to shoot the ball a bit more but he's looked extremely comfortable so far you know like the looks that he's had have been solid very very solid just haven't seen it go in I think playmaking wise he's been looking very solid so we may see he's got the potential yeah he sure does and he's already shown that he can be that ball handler I mean he was putting Zion in a tough spot in that game and although 3 of 14, like I said, really, really forgettable stuff. He still was able to get Zion some quick fouls. I think Zion had his third and fourth fouls five minutes in the third quarter. So yeah. Zion barely played. He's just been super physical. That's what I've loved about him. 
and he's looked good shooting the ball. And even on defense, he's looked really solid. So he can just grow in so many places in 2021. And with Lou Dort, I've said it countless times. I even did a little blog post on Kyle Singler for MVP.com, my website. I did a little article on him. I thought if he could get that three ball going, he'd be one of the top 15 shooting guards in the league. And thus far, I mean, he's been hitting the three ball. So I've been liking what I've been seeing from Dort. On defense, he's always locking people up. He's a real perimeter threat. Inside, he's looked spectacular. What do you think? You think I, he's been looking good inside? I, I mean, yeah, he's been looking good inside, outside, everywhere, um, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, he's one of he's one of the bright spots for the Thunder right now. Um, in, in the in the returning player category, yeah, um, for sure, he's one of the most improved. He, he's he's grown up, and I like to see that. Like he's yeah, he's, no, he's we playing got good ball. We got him undrafted out of Arizona State. Had to give him a two way contract, but he's really worked up, and he's become one of the top players on our team so far. You can kind of throw Diallo into this category with him. You can hope for a better three. I don't know if we're going to see that from him. I do think he's made a jump because he used to just drive in and jack up crazy shots, like 25 shots a game. Kind of limited himself. He is known, especially in the third and fourth games, when enough is enough. So he's been a little bit more aware of when to stop shooting. So I've liked that from Diallo a lot. The second thing that we have as a resolution, we need to build up the stock in our veterans I think we all know there's going to be a point where we start flipping our veterans. We love them, but we're looking to rebuild here. And I think the veterans know that. They kind of know their role right now is just be good leaders, all that stuff. And I think by the end of this, some of them will end up on new teams Like by the end of this trade deadline. Best thing they can bring to bring up that stock and just help us. Leadership and I think these guys that we've had so far have embodied that, especially George Hill, and I want to go into him. We've seen him, you know, help Poku shoot the ball with that form. Um, as of right now, Poku has not been hitting that well, but George Hill, I mean, he's he was the number one three-point shooter percentage-wise last season, so he looked really, really solid. He's helping Poku with those pointers. Maybe he won't be shooting one of 16 in his uh, next three games. But yeah, I think George Hill can be traded, and he's making an average of 9.8 mil over the next two seasons with us, so he's not an expiring, but he's such a good leader, and he's so, so consistent from like everywhere on the floor. He'll do whatever you need him to do. He's that glue guy for us. He will hit the threes, the catch and shoots. He can drive in, finish inside, or be a playmaker, and he even gets rebounds. So I'm liking George Hill a lot. I think Nick likes George Hill. I like. A lot too. I mean, honestly, I, I like. It's hard to say. Like, I, you want to trade a player? That's just hard to say. I like George Hill. I've always been a fan of him, even when he played back in Indiana and uh, Milwaukee and everywhere. Man. Everywhere, he's <laughs> always been a good, consistent class part. act. He is. He's actually a good player, and I really thoroughly enjoy him watching playing his style of basketball. He's kind of like has his own brand of basketball. I love the guy. I don't want to see him get traded. And he, he doesn't play like he's 34 either. He's 34, he's 34 years 34. old. He plays like he's 24. Yeah, he's, he's so, good. so fast. He's, he's good. So fast. And I love that about him. And I don't want to see him traded. 
I know Thunder Nation, most of you guys don't want to see them see him gone either. But like it like Ben said it I mean, I think the direction it's just kind of inevitable and he will bring back a couple assets. I love George Hill too. Like don't get me wrong or anything, but I, I think it's one of those like Steven Adams things on a smaller scale where no one wanted to give up Adams, but just due to the nature of what it's, we're doing, yeah, he had to get moved. It, it ha- it's part of the, the, the ball, the brand of ball that we're playing right now is that young guys, I mean, we could get a draft pick for him really easily. Yeah, we'll get a we'll get like a fourth grader in 20 years. Yeah, we can get like a 2072 huh. first round pick. <laughs> Heaven forbid that our team's even still here. Or it might even be gone by then. We don't know. Whatever. But <laughs> it's just, I mean, I love the guy. He's a good ball player. And it'd just be sad to see the man go. And uh, next up, I think you're going to be talking about good Al Horford. Yeah, big old Al Horford. I think he's a bit harder to trade than George Hill. With Hill's contract situation, he's only on like 9.8 on two years. Horford's locked up for the next three, and he's averaging $27 million, So I don't really know if teams are going to be jumping after the sight of acquiring Al Horford like the 76ers gave us Maladon and a first-round pick just to get rid of Horford. They also got Terrence Ferguson in that deal, too, if you want to mention that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we got assets to get him. I think if we do move him, we're also going to have to give a little bit of that capital back. Is what it is, though. I mean, he's the highest-paid Thunder player right now. And I think he's going to continue to be until like SGA and some of them get off their rookie scale contracts. 36 by that end of the the deal there. I don't really know what the suitors will be, but what we need from him, we need to get him open for threes. He's a pick and pop guy for us. And he's kind of been hit or miss all throughout the season, at least in our four games. I know it's a small scale, but just hitting threes has kind of been ups and downs. I mean, there's been games where he's like two or three to start the game out, and then he just can't finish whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, as of now, he's averaging 10 points and eight rebounds a game. We kind of want to tick that up to like 14 and eight. I think that's a respectable like playoff contender-wise. I think 14 and eight is a good average to be getting from your big man on offense. But the thing that we are kind of, knocking him down on a bit is the defense it's it's lackluster i mean it's it's lacking to say the least i mean especially on the screens like yeah. I, I mentioned that like four or five <laughs> times <laughs> but i mean it's it's simple getting up on the screens that it's stuff like that that to me that kind of hurts his uh his, his value. value for sure his value it's just like it's you gotta move you gotta move those feet you gotta you gotta follow Follow your man that you're guarding. I know that the inside might be a little bit more open if you leave it, but I mean, sometimes you got to risk that to make sure that your man yeah. isn't wide open for a three or a, a easy uh, just a midi or something uh, like that. An easy twenty, like eighteen, fourteen foot jump shot because Al Horford's staying three feet away from the basket. Yeah, so and, and I think just maybe step up occasionally. I know maybe with Dagnall he wants Horford back there, and let's be honest, Horford does not have the freshest legs in the nba yeah, he's 34 I mean, so, yeah he's uh, in the back end of his career so the fact he's not going up it's not surprising i just kind of want to see him test it out and you know in times where in times where you know he is struggling a bit to get off of screens or get up on screens maybe dagnall will throw out some other people the next thing um just with him though we we're thinking of potential suitors 
it's kind of hard trying to think of some suitors for him. The one team that we could really draw up, though, was the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. And the reason why, with Marcus Gasol gone, they have a void at center. They filled it up with Aaron Baines, and they have, like, Chris Boucher or something trying to fill up at center. <laughs> but, I mean, Boucher's been solid. I don't really think of him as a center, though. I think if they want to be contending, they will need a big-time center. Baines is solid. He's like a below-average starter, I'd say. <laughs> Horford's more like... I'd say he's more around the average center. Yeah, he's, starting he's good center. at what he does, yeah. So the, the Raptors could use them. But also, if like one of these contenders end up losing their center, that's when we swoop in, ideally, and say, oh, hey, we have Al Horford on this contract. We'll give you him in like a second round pick or something and you know we'll get i don't even know what we'd get but we'd just get, give us an opportunity give us to cash trade. considerations yeah give us I something mean, give uh, us an mle yeah, I mean, yeah and um uh, next up a person who we're looking to get rid of not necessarily rid of but it's I mean, trevor reason trevor reason trying to move him he's on a 12 million dollar expiring contract uh he hasn't even played a game this year for the thunder and you know before you get into your next point nick i just want to say I'm so surprised Trevor Reza did not get waived because we got Frank Jackson out of here, man. 22 years old, he looks solid. But we still have Trevor Reza. I yeah, mean, well. This guy hasn't the... even done. He's, I mean, I, I know he's dealing with the personal issues off the court, um, so this is no way in bashing him at all. Um, it's just like he's on a $12 million contract. Well, no, here's the thing. He's 35, and I think Presty may have been trying to get rid of him before we gave up Jackson. I just think, like, I don't know, being 35 and being away, I don't know if he would fit our timeline. And if he's not going to be here, I don't expect him to return after this season. Yeah, so he's a, he's a good player. I yeah. mean, he's he can make the three. He yeah, can... he would have been our starting small forward. But yeah. since he's gone, he's... I kind of would have preferred to have a young guy. But I mean, I, I'm honestly surprised that he wasn't wave either. I mean, it's it, that is a big contract to bite up. Yeah. Uh, we're just betting on the future that he will be back at some time this year. I don't know if it's gonna, or happen. that we can flip him, or we can flip him. Yeah. It's we're just betting on him, and it's kind of like it's it's like the casino. I mean, you're taking a gamble. Um, what? Uh, he's uh, you want to talk about your gambling addiction? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, I don't have one of those. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, but uh, he's a good fit for contenders. Our teams just want uh money and free agency. I mean, yeah, I mean the 2021 class. It was a lot more hyped up at the beginning of the year. Like Giannis hadn't signed his Supermax yet. With some of the bigger names like Gobert and Giannis getting their contracts already, the pool is kind of slowed down. But 2021 is still a good free agency class, and there will be some teams trying to make a splash. We know the Mavs and the Heat both wanted some people in the free agency. For the Mavs, I mean, they have James Johnson, and we had James Johnson for probably 20 minutes this offseason. <laughs> and the Mavericks took him because they went from Ariza having 12.8 as an expiring to James Johnson's 15. So their intentions are obvious. Maybe we can get some sort of deal where, hey, they get another 12.8 off of Ariza, and we can get some sort of pick or whatever. I think there is a chance that we could get a little bit of draft capital off of him. So I'd expect like a second or maybe two seconds if we're lucky. Another dude, Darius Miller, also on an expiring. That's an $8 million contract. He's coming off an Achilles injury, and he still has not played. Ariza's 
he's a little bit different. I mean, Miller's been with the team. We've seen him on the sideline supporting the young group of guys, but we don't know what his on-court value is, and I'm not I'm not even sure when we're going to see him out there. It would have been a great time to give him some minutes in this Pelicans game because it's pretty much over <laughs> in that fourth quarter. Yeah, but that was a it was a rough game to watch. I know I wasn't here for that podcast, uh, we, but whatever. <laughs> it was a rough game to say the least, and it was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of good opportunities for our young guys. Block out the noise right there. But Miller, we don't know what we're getting in him, and these contender, these uh contenders, what the hell? These contenders do not know what to expect with him yet. They're kind of just looking at him as one of these smaller expirings, which we will happily give up. He's a good veteran leader. He's only 30. But he doesn't fit, man, so we'll take him out for a second-round pick, I would say. The third thing, we need to give more minutes to the young guys on our team. And who are we talking about? We're talking about Roby. We're talking about Maladon. We're talking about Pokachevsky. And we're talking about Josh Hall. Those are the four biggest names. And I want to start with Isaiah Roby. Isaiah Roby has looked so good in his first two games with the Thunder. He had 19 and 7 in that first one and then in that second one I mean he didn't play a ton of minutes his role got trunken up because Horford was gone but I still think he averaged he had like seven or eight points in his time in that second game so he's been averaging 13 points and 6.5 boards also on defense he has been crushing it he has done fine playing on these power forwards and centers he had reps against Zion and he was doing so well so I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. And just as like a small ball center, I want to see him setting screens in the pick and roll for Maladon specifically. What do you think about Roby? I love him. I mean, he's a kid from Nebraska who went from selling – he lived an hour away from where he practiced for his AAE ball. So he was selling candy bars and flowers. <laughs> to and get that, bus tickets to the to game. To get bus tickets to go play ball. So that's a, that's a good story, let alone – uh, not Good not kid. looking at not looking at his play yet. His play is stellar. This kid is something special. Um, I mean, he's a good growing piece to this team. He's only twenty two. He's twenty two. Well. I mean, he's young. I know he missed uh, his first year with an injury. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a good guy. He knows he can play ball. He can shoot. Uh, we've seen that on uh, on uh, multiple occasions. Now. Yeah, he's a little bit passive when he shoots, but what you know. Like, whenever he gets the opportunity, sometimes he'll pass it up. But the times he takes it, the form looks really good. In the free throw department, he was struggling a bit, though, I will say. I mean, when he got freaking smacked in the face by Brandon Ingram, he not only had two free throws off of a flagrant two, he got, yeah, two shots off of that, but it was also a shooting foul because it occurred while Roby was going up for layup. He missed all four. I think he's going to bounce back from that. And he's, he has a nice form, so I do think the threes will come from him. I just like, I think Roby will be, this is one of the gems that I think we have uncovered thus far. He's going to be a future like bench dude for us, no doubt about it. He's going to be playing minutes throughout the year for us, I think. Second dude, just the rookies. First off, Teo Maladon. He hasn't had any best of games so far yeah, we were we were a little bit high on the praise well no i i think in the preseason you can kind of get well, a little the, bit jumpy yeah, yeah but. the preseason that's just that's not even like a full game i mean he has yeah i mean he hasn't gotten the same kind of action but i do think you need to talk about the situations he was in he was like option number one in the preseason and 
in the regular season, I don't even know if he's a top five option. And when he's in the game, sometimes he's not even ball handling. And the paint's all clogged up, so he can't be effective in the pick and roll. The, the expectation with him and the hope with him is he gets thrown in lineups where Roby's the center. And we can go back to that preseason pick and roll, pick and pop stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's been a nice catch and shoot player for us so far. I think he can really hit it from everywhere. He's just not your typical blazing fast, cross you over, break your ankles kind of point guard. He's more the, he's more basic, I think, when it comes to the moves he uses. But he does get the results that you want for your team. And he's had some really heads up passes for us too. I think that's one of the brightest spots on his game. You want to talk about Poku for a little bit? Oh, you're giving this one to me, huh? Well, I, I can say it. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, yeah. I mean, Pokachevsky, give him more minutes. He needs to be more confident with what he does and his play style. I know he started off the year rough. He didn't get his first points until the second game. What was it, third game? I think it was the second or third the game. second or third game. <laughs> I think it was the third. It was off a putback. Uh, not the way that every NBA player wants to start their career in the scoring department, but I mean, he is a good player. Um, he has the potential. Like he, he just needs to gain weight. Is what he needs to do. <sighs> he needs to be a force to be reckoned with because a bunch of teams aren't even playing him. They're they're not even. Yeah, they're not guarding him. They're he not has wide open shots. <laughs> wide open shots, and we're not. No teams are even guarding him. So to me, that's just putting disrespect on his name. Uh, Pokachevsky, do not disrespect this man. He can be very good at the game of basketball. Yeah, and with Poku in the preseason, he was so confident, and we want him to be more confident in 2021. In the regular season, yeah, he was super hesitant. And in this Pelicans game, how many turnovers do you think he had? Uh, It was too many. He had six turnovers. That that. would have been my first guess. here's, Here's the thing. He likes going up for jump passes where he goes up like he's going to shoot, and then I don't know where he flings it to <laughs> an open man. This is not this is not 2K. I no, mean. no, he's good at it, and that's one of his best skills whenever he was playing in Europe. But he's just been too passive, going one for 16. I think he played a little bit of mental games on him, so he had wide open shots, and apex of the shot, dude just chucks it at somebody else. It's like, come on, man, you can't be doing that. Needs I mean, to limit th- those. <laughs> he's, he's always open on the back end. He's, uh, he's one of the slower guys getting back up the court. Well, actually, for his size, he's pretty fast. Well, for his size, for yeah. seven feet, but, he's super but he's, fast. He's always, got the, he's always got that open shot coming back, and he gets the ball like 40%, 50% of the time on the way back. Yeah. He just doesn't shoot it. He needs to take yeah, that shot. Yeah, drive in or shoot it. Shoot it. He needs, he needs to quit stagnating. In 2021, I think experience is what Poku needs, really. He needs to get used to the NBA ball, look comfortable in the preseason, but just ease him back into things, get his confidence back up, like that first game we saw against the Spurs uh, in that preseason, we should be good to go. He has so much potential just waiting to be untapped. Fourth dude, Josh Hall. And Josh Hall is our two-way guy. He really has not been playing that much. He played, I think, 10 minutes in the Pelicans game. I think of him as like a, a mini Baisley. Similar situation, ops out of college, Instead, he's playing in prep school. Shot creator, he hits the three. He's great at handling the ball, great at finishing. Shot selection's a bit iffy, but that's the only knock I have on him. He's pretty much like a a college freshman. I mean, he was a McDonald's All-American, I believe. He was a five-star for sure uh, before he decided to go another year of prep school. But 
just like Baisley. I mean, there's so much potential. He just hasn't had the like minutes yet or real like professional experience. This system should work out for him. It should pay dividends. I think by the end of this, what we should hope, I think by the end of the season, he's going to be upgraded to a Thunder player, uh, be one of those top 15. And with Ariza and Miller probably being out, I think it's inevitable Josh Hall will get that contract upgraded. I love him a lot, and I think 2021 will be a really big bright spot for him. The fourth thing, we just need to keep the rotation moving around. And we don't need to keep the same 15 guys throughout the whole entire season. And I think that's one of the like misconceptions. We don't need to be running the same exact people. Like, I think Justin Jackson may be an odd man out right now. Like, he played starting minutes in the third game. And he just didn't play in the Pelicans one where I think everybody should have got a shot. <laughs> he's... I think he's 25 or 26 already, so I don't know. I think he may find his way out of here. There's guys like Frank Jackson, and there's a plethora of young guys who went undrafted or just guys who have had unique career paths who deserve a revival in their career. I'm surprised. There's still dudes like Emmanuel Moutier in the free agency pool right now, so maybe picking him up would be cool. I know there's a lot of just undrafted people we could scoop up or G League prospects we could take in. Just keep swapping them in and out. We'll find a hit on one of those guys, and we will have another rotational piece like an Isaiah Roby or something. Fifth thing, we just need to gel together as a team. We're a new team. We've only had like six returning players to the roster. We've looked really solid, and in our opener, it didn't even look like, you know, this was a brand new assembled team. We need to get back to that and just play in unison. There's times where, as Nick said, like there's a play where someone like Horford's not stepping up or whatever, and there's just open shots being left countless times. We need the team to kind of rally and say, here's how we fix this and make some adjustments. So, I mean, there's always going to be good defense and not on offense. Just no careless stuff. Just be smart with the ball. So, yeah. Those are our five resolutions for the Thunder Squad in 2021. But the next thing we want to go over is the game preview. Yes. Today, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be pitted against the Orlando Magic in a rematch in the first game, which was on Tuesday, where the Magic defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 118-107. to Yeah, and I think a major part in this game, Horford is back. In that first one, he was not there. And the Magic scored... 72 points in the paint like that's like what? 2k numbers that's 2k numbers yeah this is real life not 2k yeah like, mike muscala i mean well mike muscala and roby had a tough task they did have a very tough task having a guard I, vucevic bacon gordon just gordon, a lot of a lot of Fournier, different guys and a bunch of guys so yeah. uh it wasn't necessarily their fault um, it's just we don't have much size and but horford's bringing him he's he's that true center we need and he's gonna be back for the game Going into injuries, though, for the Thunder, we still do not have Ty Jerome. He has that left ankle injury. He's just getting that paycheck for not showing up. Ah, <laughs> whatever, dude. I mean, there's a reason Dagnall liked him so much, so he's staying. And then Ariza, just personal stuff. He'll be back in time. The Magic, this is interesting. Same names, Isaac, Ennis, and Aminu, they're still out. But Chuma Okiki is gone for them. And Terrence Ross is day-to-day -day with a hamstring injury, 
And so was Evan Fournier. He's also day-to-day with a, with back, a back injury. injury. So just a little fun thing that Nick pointed out. You want to tell them that? Yeah, I'll go on. So uh, this is six players that have the possibility to be out for today's matchup. Um, they need a minimum of eight to play the ball game. Uh, so with nine, so if two or more Magic players, they get injured or COVID related. This game is postponed. Yeah, we, which, only, we only have not. They only have nine right now. And so. if, even if, even if they do only have nine, that's an advantage for the Thunder because that means that those Magic players will be more gassed, playing more minutes and stuff like that. So this is a game that the Thunder, I see that we might be able to exploit. Yeah, um, I think this is one we could steal, honestly. I think it could, but if Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier play... It's a different ball game. It's a I different think. ball game, 100% sure, but yeah. both were listed as questionable for uh, the game. Yeah, and they Ross and Fournier, they were huge factors in the first game, there are some huge blows for the Magic if they are not there. Fournier started in that last game. He played 32 minutes for them, and he had 14 points. And Terrence Ross off the bench, he also had 14. So those are two big-time scorers for their team. If they're gone, completely different. Their roster is going to be just entirely changed. We're going to see people like Michael Carter-Williams and... I don't know, Dwayne Bacon maybe playing big time minutes. Well, I mean, Dwayne Bacon. Is a, I think we might be talking about. Yeah, him in we a are. We're yeah. gonna be talking about the keys to the game, and I think number one, we need to talk about eliminating those points in the paint again. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous to watch. I mean, I was screaming at my <laughs> TV set. I don't know about you, but I was screaming at the TV set. I'm more the I'm more like the optimistic guy i think nick's more he's more that down to earth like he just starts calling stuff out the way (laughs) i see i see things if i see something i don't like i will be the first one to point it out and that game was atrocious especially in the paint 72 72 points points is just outrageous 28 of those were uh, I mean, from Vucevic. Uh, from Vucevic. I mean, that's Nikola Vucevic. I mean, yeah, and Gordon had 12 of his own. And, I mean, we're going to go into Bacon earlier, uh, later, but this dude had 18 points out of nowhere. Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, I mean, they were like all layups. So. I was making fun of that guy in the first podcast that we did against the Magic. Yeah, so, I mean, he just can, yeah, I think he might have heard that and taken his aggression out. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you hear this uh, one, Dwayne, please uh, don't. don't you, know, you don't need to show us anymore. I think we've seen uh, enough. Um so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to limit those points in the paint. Yeah, the second thing, going up on screens, man. And we're referring to one player well, here. Well, here's well, the thing. Man, we're actually referring to two. But mainly, we're talking about a guy by the name of Al Horford, number 42, in blue or white. Yeah, and with Horford, I think in this game, maybe it's not as big of a factor because Fournier and Ross, they're more of the shot creators on this team. But let's not forget they have Markel Fultz and rookie Cole Anthony. Those are two guards who can clearly create for themselves. And if Vucevic is setting screens and Horford's camp down low, they're going to be hitting shots. Like, I don't care how funky Fultz's jumper is right now. If he's wide open, he's making the shot. And with Vucevic, no, with Vucevic, he can shoot the three ball. In this game, in our first game, he was three of four from downtown. If he's not covered, he turns into Mike Muscala for them. Like, he's going to be hitting his threes if he's wide open, you know? I mean, that's it's huh. something that Al Horford needs to do. And the next player we think that needs to do it is Isaiah Roby and some spurts. Um, yeah, look, I think Roby, 
he he had to play a huge role in that first game. Well, I think what he played twenty eight minutes or something crazy on offense. He was crushing Vucevic. I mean, he was getting physical. Dropped nineteen points for us. That was the second highest on the team. But he did a solid job on defense. Just having that height disadvantage, stuff like that will happen. He didn't cause too many fouls though on Vucevic, which I am really happy about him being so disciplined. But I do want to see him in spurts. Whenever Horford may be struggling to go up on those screens, Roby can come in and help out big time. Other key to the game, our third one, you have to limit the turnovers, man. And in our in our last game against the Pelicans, we were just playing kind of reckless, uh, kind of just carefree with the ball. I couldn't tell you how many exactly we, we had, had. Too many was the problem. Yeah, I mean, we entered that game 24th in turnovers. I think we had 16 entering the Pelicans game. And I just have a strange feeling we may have had just a bit more in that one. I mean, Poku had six. I think maybe Maladon had like three or Well, maybe. I think the guards, SGA and Maladon, they kind of have been a little bit antsy with the ball. And just all of them, they need to be a little bit more conditioned there. And I think with only nine players um, on the team, these guys on the Magic will be gassed. So I don't think you need to be going after any major plays. You just got to be kind of gritty with them. Yeah, get them tired early. And that's when you start striking. And that's really a key in the game itself. They have so little amounts of players. Just wear them down and you're going to find a lot of success. If Aaron Gordon and Vucevic are tired, they're not going to be able to bang you up in the post. That was their biggest thing in that first game. And if they're just sluggish, you really think they're going to be hitting every time? They're going to be leaving it short every yeah. time. Um, I, I think that another thing, I mean, these are just careless mistakes. It comes to the young team. Um, like I said, it's it's inexperienced. Um, but it, I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the stats right now. We had 20 turnovers in this game against the Pelicans. That is just way too many opportunities. Uh, that's like, I mean, if you're getting that's two too points, many, if, too many. If you put two points to each turnover, that's 40 points that we're <laughs> leaving on the board. Um, and and that's just outrageous. Yeah, and I will say with the Magic team having such little of a depth chart, like. Giving those turnovers up and easy back baskets to them may just like be the turning factor in this game. We just bang them up, get them tired. We should win this game. And and I agree with that 100%. We just got to go ahead and push the magic. Um, and that brings us to our next point. It's called bring home the bacon. The bacon. Dwayne bring bacon. home Dwayne Bacon. He was he was spectacular. Spectacular. Right? He was nine to ten on shooting, eighteen points. That's just ridiculous. I don't know. Like for a casual fan, I don't even know if they've heard of this guy before. Yeah, like I, I've, I've never heard of Dwayne no, Bacon. I've heard of him because of two K and stuff. And I said it in the preview. Like I've seen him on Charlotte or whatever in in the past, but. I didn't even know what to expect from him. He was getting everything in he that first game. He was driving into that paint like it was his own paint, not like he was playing at the peak or anything. That's that's the blue paint. That's our paint. Stay out of it. I mean, but he just made us. He made himself a home in it, and to me, that's disturbing. <laughs> disturbing. Uh, it's disturbing <laughs> because it's not his play, place to be. Just with the, with Horford back there. And everybody on that Magic team having to go 150 million percent with only nine guys, we can't be letting them go inside, especially Dwayne Bacon. I don't see him as much of a perimeter threat. 
Hopefully I don't jinx that and he just turns into Steph Curry tonight. But I don't expect him going crazy from three. I think he's just a penetration kind of guy. Limit that. I think Dwayne Bacon will be stopped. And with him dropping 18, I think that was the second highest on his team besides uh, Vucevic with 28. Stop him. I think we're good to go, especially Fournier and Ross if they are out. And just also would bring home the bacon. We just need to win this game. I mean, we have been on a cold streak. We won our first one barely. Yeah, Yeah, we're on a uh, three-game losing streak. Hopefully, we will be able to snap this with the Orlando Magic game in this rematch. I think for the key matchup, mine... It's got to be Baisley and Gordon. Like, Baisley could not find the bottom of the rim in that first game. And really, since then, he's kind of struggled a bit. I think he shot 3 of 14 in this game. He sure did. And he was 0 of 4 from downtown. He continued to struggle shooting the ball in our past game. Um, So, just get him better looks. Let him try to take it on Gordon. Whenever, like we said, whenever we're trying to wear him down... Aaron Gordon, when he's like all tired, is not going to be able to stop Baisley when he's driving in. And I think he should be able to make some plays, get some open looks. I think Baisley could be set for a big one. But Baisley needs to help out in the paint. Like he is a key part in our defense, really, with Gordon. Gordon's a really, really strong dude. And I think people have kind of started to sleep on Gordon due to his situation being on the Magic. He's a very good power forward like at times he can shoot but just on the interior he is a real force and Gordon does have that size and strength advantage on Baisley he just needs to prevent him on the inside not give up any easy ones in the paint what do you think your my key matchup matchup for this game is going to be Al Horford versus Vucevic Nikola Vucevic that guy like you said he dominated the paint in the first matchup against these two teams and I want to see if Al can maybe put a stop to that. Yeah. And uh, well, another, another thing that I'm interested in is how Al can uh, facilitate on offense and maybe get some open shots inside or out and be able to hit them. Yeah, if he's, is, a, if he's able to hit some three balls, like Vucevic will have to be stretched out and the lane should be wide open. It should be open for so. guys like Roby, Maladon. I mean, uh, even the starters, starters, SGA, Short, Paisley. I mean, come on. Yeah, George but, Hill. I mean, the, 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 the so list many is, options. The list is endless. I mean, there's 15, 14 other guys that that paint could be open for. Um, I mean, it's just something you got to exploit and uh, be able to take advantage of. Yeah, and it, it all, is, and it can start with something as simple as Horford just feeling it from three. Taking some making some shots and yeah, but yeah. he also has to be able to play up on the screen. Yeah, for he sure. He needs to be up on those <laughs> screens. I'll say it again. He needs to be up on hey, those screens. I'm just saying if we end up losing this game due to something like the high screens you may not even want to listen to the recap if yeah. Nick if Nick may be fuming. I uh, may. I mean, that's that's if I do get an invite to uh, be joining, and I don't know if Ben would. Have if that, that happens, I don't even know if I would. Yeah, I don't know if it's, if that's yeah. the reason we lose. I don't think Ben would be giving me an invite because that's all I this would be thing talking would, about. This thing would be ticked up from a PG to like a I don't even know. Yeah, it R, wouldn't even R be on plus. the scale. Yeah, I mean, it would, yeah. It wouldn't even be rated. Um, I mean, Anyways, I, I do think we should go into just who we think the scoring leaders for for OKC will be. Mine, I got SGA. 
He had 23 in the first Magic game. And this one, I'm just throwing a random number out. I think he's going to get 27. Magic are going to be worn out. I think if he's getting some good screen set for him, he will have the open looks, and he should be able to hit. Who do you think your scoring leader will I got to go with SG as well. I see him getting about 24-25. Nice. And for score prediction, I actually think we're going to win this one. I have us up winning this 113-106. The reason why... Fournier and Ross, if they are gone, they have been some huge creators for them. They accounted for 28 points in that first matchup. If they're taken out, they hardly have any small forwards right now. Fournier's had to be that small forward for them. Ross has been a, has been a small forward for them. They're going to be playing some extremely weird rotations. And I think, you know, I think we have a perfect opportunity to take this one because we only have two guys out. For our team, what do you think? Uh, this game, if if Fournier and Ross are playing, I see this being a magic win. Final score, if they if both players are playing, I see it being one twenty to one twelve in there. Uh, if both are out, I see this being a Thunder win at one fifteen one oh four. If one if one of them are playing, it's going to be a lot closer. You think it can be tight? I think it could be tight, and it's going to be a good game to watch. And uh, hopefully we do come out with the victory because we need it for the confidence. Yeah, I know we're trying to tank for Cade Cunningham, uh, but we just need it. We need to win a couple we need games. A, we need to win to build up that confidence a bit, you know. This yeah, is the need, game to do it. We need, to, a, we need a win it. to, to bring the spirits in the locker room. Starting off the new year with a win would be huge, um, and then we can just go back to losing. That would be 100% fine with me. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, this would be the game to win. Uh, you guys should definitely tune in. This will be an exciting one to watch. But other than that, guys, we have nothing for you. We thank you all for tuning in and listening to today's podcast, and we wish you a good rest of your day. See ya. Do you not want to say bye? Bye! So- <laughs>